0: I start with a vortan The Pusik says, uvas Right? Fathers shouldn't die through through sons, and sons through fathers. So Rashi explains it means ba'aidus bunam. It means that a son does not believe; he can't testify Aides against the father. So there's a vortan in Um Yeah, he has a very basic question. He said, "A uh, is We know that a relative is pusla aides. But the khidish is that a relative is not only pusillaitis if he's coming to testify in favor of a relative and, 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 t- and say that he's not guilty of something, but even if he says that he is guilty of something, he's also pusillaitis. He can't testify. So the question is why? If a Akurev is saying something nice about his relative, then, we, then it's understandable that he's too... Uh, he's negaybed bedover. he might be lying, he might just be too subjective, he might not be saying the truth. But if he's saying something bad about his relative, shouldn't he be at least as believed as someone else? And he answers like this. He says, A relative is someone who's supposed to always see favor, always supposed to see the good parts of a relative, always supposed to see why he's zakai. Just like a person doesn't see uh, where he's doing something wrong, right? How often will a person testify negatively about himself? So a should be the same thing, right? Just like we know with a person is considered a relative to himself. He's too close to himself. That's how close you should be to your relative. So if somebody's seeing something negative, right? Somebody's, Somebody's seeing uh, a fault in his relative and that's why he thinks that he's guilty of something, then Aina Begadir Udam. Shar Falushni says, that's it's, it's not that's not the way a person's supposed to be. If you're seeing fault in your relative and coming to Basant to say something about it, there's something wrong with it. There's something wrong with you. You to lie to us. And that's why even if even if a is saying uh Le is not believed. Okay. If only it would be that way. If only we wouldn't see any fault on our relatives, people that we're close to. Um, at least it's a lesson that I think we should definitely take to heart that we should be seeing the good in the people close to us. And interesting because sometimes it's actually easier to see the good in someone else, someone who's only a neighbor or only an acquaintance or only a associate or whatever it is. You know, so you see the good in them, okay? You're a nice person. But when you live close with someone, automatically it's easier to see the, the negatives, right? You're very close up, and still it seems that we're expected to not to not see that. Now, one one place where I think that it, it just it makes it easier to just understand the idea is that sometimes when someone else talks negatively about your spouse or about your child or something like that, it makes it so much easier to stick up for, to stick up for your child or your relative or whoever it is, right? How often you have a parent who's um, constantly blaming a child and, and criticizing a child and seeing all the negative and it's hard to see the good, you know, in child. But then when you get, to, you get a call from the teacher or the rabbi saying your child's no good, my child's no good, what happened all of a sudden? Didn't you yourself uh, notice a lot of not good things in your own child? And the answer is yeah, but when, you know, it just, it, it's easier to stick up for your child or for your spouse when someone else is the one finding the faults. If it's your mother-in-law or it's a neighbor or somebody saying that your husband didn't do something nice to, 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 in the driveway or the garbage or whatever it was, all of a sudden you stick up for him. So what happens when it comes back at home all of a sudden? So it seems that sometimes even if you do see the negative things at home, you'll still be uh, at least tempted to, to say the good in public, at least to other people. But it seems that that's not enough and it's something that we should understand. And sometimes when we see fault and, 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 and negative traits and... You know, things to criticize in the people close to us and our loved ones, we should try to remind ourselves that if it would be someone else bringing up the negativity, we would maybe stick up for the people we're close to and see the good in them and know how to justify them and rationalize their behaviors and I think it's just an important lesson to be learned and let's see if this um, will help us you know, with, this, with, this, with this question as well so here goes, Dear Rabbi grown. I always admire and listen to your lectures I enjoy your perspective and insight on the many issues that come forth, okay, thank you so much I have many issues that I've been dealing with over the years, too lengthy to discuss on email, but one of them lately more than ever is respecting my husband, which I know is an essential core need for a man to survive and thrive on. I've studied the whole science of this need men have, yet I find there to be, for me, a stumbling block every time. My husband has a hard time regulating his emotions. Yes, he's on medication, and he has many issues that make it very unnatural and difficult to work with. I find myself questioning his midas and core values in certain areas some of it may possibly be ignorance and poor habits i am by now quite quite a few years into it i'm not going to say how many years but quite a few years and i'm seeking your insight on how to persevere even in such wrenching circumstances i have read the surrendered wife and understand the method however even when i use those methods there are times when it seems like i'm hitting a brick wall please advise i'm looking forward to hearing from from you okay so there are a few things that i would like to uh Reply to, okay, in, in this email. I, I think the first thing, let's just let's just address the the the, the issue at hand. Okay, I, I can only imagine how difficult it is to somebody to live with somebody who has difficulty regulating their emotions. Um, I, I know it's not it's not simple at all. I, I, I could never judge somebody who's in a relationship with somebody who's not stable or somebody who's uh, outright difficult to live with. Um. So that's just for the for the validation. I mean, and I hope nothing I say will sound judgmental or critical in any way, right? It's, it's definitely not an easy situation, especially a lot of years into a relationship like that. I'm sure different things over the years, definitely made things just a little more difficult as time went on. Um, now, with that said, okay, um, questioning somebody's midas and core values, and looking down at somebody and judging someone, you know, there's, there's a lot to think about over there. I mean, in general. How much are you supposed to question and judge people that are close to you? Again, I know it's not easy. I might make it sound easy. It's not easy. But the the idea in general of being judgmental about somebody, saying, uh, you know, I I question their values, I question their principles, I question their middles. I mean, why are you busy questioning someone? I know it's tempting and I know it's difficult to live with, but sometimes accepting someone and letting them deal with their own stuff as long as it doesn't pertain to you, I know sometimes it does but as long as it doesn't or where it doesn't pertain to you sometimes you look away sometimes it's not it's not your, you know why are you busy why are you busy judging it's not it's not your place to judge so a lot of times questioning somebody's um, middles and values and things like that a lot of times it just comes from you know i'm looking down at someone and i wish they would be more and i'm wondering why they're less and, and 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 comparing and things like that a lot of times it's, it's just not the right thing to do so somebody's struggling with whatever it may be it could be with a, 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 emotional instability and it could be even just uh, you know, spiritual instability sometimes it's important to remember i'm not here to judge that person i'm here to live with them i'm here to respect them i'm here to make sure that our relationship is as healthy as can be as, as can be and our home is as healthy as can be and wherever it doesn't pertain to me specifically or directly may, maybe maybe sometimes the best thing is to look the other way Now, I know that ignorance and poor habits and things that, you know, you're mentioning here are definitely difficult, difficult. And a lot of them should be addressed. When I say, look, the other way, I don't mean that they shouldn't be addressed. I mean to say that they have to be addressed responsibly. They have to be addressed only after you know how somebody will take it or you learn how to address it in a way that it could be taken well. That's fine. But looking down and questioning and judging, those are the ideas that sometimes you just want to stay away from, right? I'm here to judge myself. And like, like I said before, it's a lot easier to uh, judge myself favorably than someone else. But sometimes that's just something to think about. Now, another thing that I take issue with, just as an introduction to what we're going to be talking about over here, is that um, I know that it's a core need for a man to survive and thrive on, to be respected. And I studied the science of this need. Now, I don't know about any science or, or essential core needs. I, I, I don't know. I, I think there's something about the, the way this is, this is being um, presented that I think I, I just want to comment on. Respecting a husband. And honoring a husband it has nothing to do with uh, the core need that he has for it or the science behind it or the fact that he can't thrive without it. It's an obligation. Um, you respect your parents. You should be respecting a husband. You should be respecting everyone, but especially a husband. That's an obligation of a wife. You should honor him and respect him because he's your husband. It's, it's not because he has the need. Sometimes when you look at somebody like, oh, he has this need, it almost looks like, you know, listen, I have to help him with what he needs. You know, this is his oxygen. It's like, I can't take away his oxygen from him, right? I have to feed him. But no, you're obligated. It's not a weakness of a man. We spoke about this recently in regard to appreciation. Again, yeah, just a general human nature to need to feel appreciated. But for a husband to be respected and honored... And, and, you know, be, be taken uh, seriously and into and, and consideration is not because he has the need or there's a science behind a man uh, being from Mars and having some interesting need that women may not have or do have, or it doesn't make a difference. It's something that a wife has to do for her husband. When you get married, no matter how many years you, you are into a marriage, uh, you're supposed to be signing up to a certain relationship of respect and regard for somebody who's your husband. So I think that's just an important point. When you, when you look at it like a, like, like a science and a weakness and something that, you know, this is what he needs, unfortunately, or, you know, by default, it, 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 it definitely puts it into a different perspective. So that's something, you know, if you can tell me you understand the need that children have to feel loved, well, maybe it's not an obligation to love your children or to express it all the time, maybe it's human nature, but it's not an obligated, and you understand that a child has to feel it and hear it in order to thrive, okay, that's something else. In other words, you're a very busy person, and if not for the fact that a child needs it, maybe you wouldn't express it as much. But because a child needs it, you're going. But with a husband, it's a different issue. A husband needs to be respected because it's your obligation to respect him, and he happens to need it, maybe, which is fine. It's good if you if it helps you understand it and and um, you know do better in your obligations because you understand that when he has it, he'll do better. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with understanding why a man needs appreciation or respect or honor or if he needs it or whatever. But it's not, it's, not a, it's not a weakness. That's just something to think about. And uh, like I say often, husband, husbands out there that are listening to this should definitely try to deserve respect and honor. Because the more you deserving you are, and the more um, um, you, you have that self-dignity, and you respect yourself, and you earn it, then of course it will be easier for someone else to give it to you. But a wife shouldn't wait for a husband to deserve the respect. On the contrary, when she's more respectful, sometimes that's what helps a husband um, deserve the respect that a husband deserves. So that's just uh, a few thoughts what I'm reading over here. Now, this questioner um, mentions having read the book The Surrendered Wife. Okay, understanding the method, but but hitting a brick wall and trying the method. Now, a lot of times when I mention these books in passing, and just recently somebody was asking me about a different book that I mentioned in passing, I I, I don't go go into it, I'm not here to give reviews on books, I'm not here to suggest uh, reading books at all. Um, but, but I, I do want to say that, interestingly, just this past week in a training course that I was giving, um, the, the book The Surrendered Wife came up and, you know, covering different, different aspects of, of, of the book and its method and how helpful it is or isn't. So the first thing I want to I say is this. Self-help books are, are not always as self-helpful as we'd like. Now, I don't mean to be critical. I, I wrote a self-help book myself. For those of you who know, my book Get Along With Everyone, it's also considered a self-help book. Uh, but, but very often the person who needs the help reading a book is not, is not going to help the situation. I'll tell you why. You know, reading a book sometimes brings you awareness. Sometimes it helps you understand things better. Sometimes it helps you notice where things weren't good. It, it, it does a lot of good to read a book. We'll talk about which books in a minute, but it, it, could be help, it could be very helpful to read a book. But very often when you're trying to assess your own situation and then apply certain ideas and then assess if you're applying them correctly and assess if you're um, getting the benefits or if things are progressing the right way, it's very hard for a person to do that on their own. You're so... You're so emotionally connected to your own situation and, and, and you're, you're so uh, subjective to, to understanding your situation that it's very hard to realize if you're doing something right or wrong. Everything is based on your interpretation. Everything you're reading and applying and trying is all based on how you understand your situation, Now you understand um, the good moves you're making, all the effort you're investing, how it's being taken. It's all based on your understanding. So if you think, for example, that you're expressing love because you read something about expressing love, so now you're expressing it, it may not be that you're expressing it. You think you are. You might be but you might not. Same thing with appreciation, same thing with respect, same thing with surrendering. You might think you're doing these things, but you don't realize that it's only based on how you interpret or understand the term or how you understand your own actions or how I understand your own behaviors. So that's, that's, that's something to, you know, you have to realize how it's coming across to someone else. I use a lot of times these, these anecdotes with children because you see how children are so in their own mind, they don't even realize what they're saying because that's how they understood something and they, and they take it for a given that the way they understood it was right. I had to somebody recently, I'm um, staying by us, and the uh, family they didn't they didn't speak Yiddish, barely spoke Yiddish barely spoke Yiddish, and my son a uh, little child he's very proud of himself right he understands Yiddish and this neighbor and this neighbor this this these people didn't, um, but these these children they thought they did understand Yiddish I guess they understood a few words in Yiddish okay so my, my son is telling him do you understand Yiddish and he says yeah I do I said no you don't I said yeah I do want to see said yeah, I I said, yeah. I said, yeah. What, what what does tuna fish mean. And the other kid is looking, at what do you mean? Everyone knows what tuna fish is. <laughs> and what does rice cake mean? That's interesting, because growing up in an English-speaking home, you're assuming that tuna fish is a Yiddish word, and so is rice cake, and you're assuming that the other kid won't understand it. It's how you interpret your own understanding of what you're saying. So he thinks he's talking Yiddish, he doesn't realize he's not talking Yiddish, he doesn't realize that other people are hearing things different than what he's saying. Anyway, very often I see people um, telling me about things they're doing and trying, and, and I'm being so respectful, I'm being so appreciative, and I'm being so tolerant, I'm being so this, and I'm being so that, and based on what I'm hearing, it doesn't sound like you're being anything at all. But I understand why you think you are. So that's, that's a very very important idea. So, for example, let's talk about the surrendered wife for a moment, yeah? The idea of the book is, in, uh, the, the, in short, in, in just a few words, that a wife shouldn't be controlling, a wife shouldn't be, uh, you know, saying things and doing things on her own, everything's just surrendered to your husband. That's the idea of the book. Now, sometimes you think you're surrendering, Okay, you could be surrendering first of all while bottling up a lot of resentment in yourself. So you think you're surrendering, but you're not surrendering. You're, you're, you're you know, a You're gritting your teeth and, and upset, but that's not called surrendering. Uh, for example, you could think you're a martyr and you're surrendering, giving up everything, but you're, you're not. You're not giving up anything. It's all there, and the energy, and the tension, and the stress is all there. And of course, nothing is. Of course, your surrendering is not being taken well. Uh, you, you think you you could think that you're surrendering, uh, and I'll tell you another idea. Sometimes surrendering uh, means that uh, you know I'm giving in. But you're not really giving in, you're just being very apathetic and you decided that nothing interests me anymore and do whatever you want and I don't even care and whatever you want will go, we'll, we'll, we'll go where you want, And come when you want and spend what you want, I, I, I don't care. Now if you're apathetic and you give that attitude about you know, nothing interests me anymore about this relationship or this home, that's not called surrendering, that's called making someone else feel uh, very unwanted or unrespected. So these are just reasons why sometimes when somebody might be trying a certain method and they see it doesn't work, Again, it might not necessarily reflect on the method. You might not be doing it well. You might you might need someone to help you, or just assess if what you're doing or if you're doing it and things like that. So that's also something um, uh, to be said about, about 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 a general idea about self-help books. Now, the book The Surrendered Wife is definitely not a Jewish book. Right, definitely, um, and like every book, I would say almost almost every almost every relationship book and almost any book written by somebody who's not Jewish, you automatically gonna to have to start picking and choosing which pages are more appropriate, less appropriate. That, that's for sure. Um, that, that's one idea. I'll tell you another idea. that When it comes to relationships in general, finding a method that works for everyone is, is so hard. You know, whoever, whoever read my book and understands the idea of personalities, understanding how people are different, if you'll read The Surrendered Wife, you'll very quickly pick up on why it worked for the author. Why did she have such success surrendering, while some people may not, and many people may not? And the answer is, well, if you understand the personality of her husband, which she describes pretty clearly, and her own personality, which she describes pretty clearly, comes through her pages, then you'll start understanding, oh, maybe that's why it worked for her. Maybe that's why you or someone else reading it or trying it is not going to necessarily be successful with that at all. So These are just ideas to think about when you're trying to take a a book and apply it and and, and see if it works. Um, I'll say another thing also, and that is that very many books, the the reason why they worked for the author or for somebody who tried it was because that person was doing it genuinely. As opposed to you, you might be doing it with a certain motive in mind. It's a very important concept. I, I, I must have told this in the past. Uh, somebody was dealing with a, a situation of machloikas. There was a big fight going on. And they saw somebody, who, somebody else who dealt, who dealt with a, with a similar uh, conflict and, and emerged successful and asked, you know, tell me the secret. What, what did you do that made you so successful and come out of this fight you know, so, so good? And the answer was, I just looked the other way. I let everything go, and I just moved on in life. And, you know, the to golf, and it, just, it worked. Okay, so this person said, I'll try it too. And they looked the other way, and they let everything go, and it didn't work. And they came back with time to say, hey, you told me it's going to work. I, I, I didn't fight. I let the other person do whatever they wanted. I say whatever they want, And it didn't work. And it's the idea of, COVID, akovid, you know, you could run away from COVID, but you keep on looking if it's coming after you and it's not coming because it wasn't meant to keep on looking if it's coming. When you do something genuinely, it works. When you do something with a motive, it doesn't work very often. So if the author was surrendering because, because the author felt that, you know what, I'm going to let my husband control, I'm going to stop fighting him, I, 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 maybe I'm trying to control too much and just buckle a little, and it helped someone. It might not help somebody who's hitting a brick wall, as you call it, and hoping that this will already bring you the success. I'm not getting anywhere. Where are you looking to go? Where are you looking to get? Just surrender and give up and stop getting places. So this is just another idea why sometimes you know, people aren't successful with a certain method. Either they're too anxious to make it happen, and it's not happening fast enough, and they just want to make it happen, and coming in between the lines that all you're trying to do is get something to happen, or you're not doing it right, like I said. And then there's another idea that, that the whole idea of the, a very big part of the surrendered wife is, is definitely challenging for many people. Aside from the fact that some people just can't do it. Okay? So if you can't do it, you can't do it. And, and just trying to kill yourself to surrender when it means just choking yourself and feeling emotionally uh, drained is obviously not so healthy. But, but in general, the idea of surrendering, the way the author suggests it all the way, not saying what's bothering you, not giving an opinion, not trying to help out, um, letting destructive things go on. I mean, his mom is just three or four things that that author um, suggests. Those, those, are red flat, those are red lines. You know? But other than that, just let everything go. I, I don't know. I, I think that definitely a lot of that kind of surrendering um, is, is definitely called enabling. And I've seen it many times. There are so many situations I've seen that became destructive and damaging because somebody didn't say anything. And over the years, it just got worse and worse. Now you're dealing with something that's, that's, that's uh, intolerable and then it, it just goes uh, disastrous. And very often it's not the person tolerating that can't tolerate anymore. It's the person you're tolerating that can't tolerate you anymore. So where did they get you to tolerate so much? So the idea of just tolerating and just surrendering and doing it to an extreme, the way the author suggested, aside from the fact that for many people it's not practical, uh, very often it's actually damaging. So every, every situation has to be assessed. You can't just take in a, a blanket uh, idea and, and just use it everywhere. And in general, if you know how to communicate something, which we talk about all the time, something's bothering you, the point is not to just say nothing. It won't help anyone most, most often. The point is to say it respectfully. So if you assess a situation and you assess your communication or you get help from somebody, how do I communicate this? And you say it in a healthy way, and you're doing a favor for everyone. You're doing a favor for your spouse by helping um, stop intolerable or destructive behavior. You're doing a favor for yourself, not having to tolerate anything abusive or, or, or unhealthy or unpleasant. I mean, everything could be taken care of. Why, why just sit down and surrender if it's not going to help anyone? So these are just ideas, um, you know, to to think about when, when trying to read or apply such a kind of book. Now, let me just mention something very clearly over here. The initial idea of a wife surrendering to a husband, right, is very Jewish. And it's unfortunate that some people have to look to a secular source to get this idea. The 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 general idea, the general idea of no, we're not equal partners. And yes, this is the husband and the man of the house. And yes he is in charge of finances and decisions. And yes I should be giving him a certain amount of respect as if He's the boss, because he is... That's, that's not, that's not Goyesh, that's not the surrendered wife. So if anyone's picking it up from there, okay, if you didn't get it anywhere else, but I'll, I'll read to you a lushton Rambam, and we, we spoke about this in the past. The Rambam is basic and fundamental, and every chus and kale, every kala every should know this. And there's other parts that the chsanum have to know as well. And I don't think this is a contradiction to anything I said here about being assertive and, and saying when somebody's bothering you. The Rambam doesn't say you should, you should keep your mouth shut. He doesn't say that. But I'll tell you what he does say. The malo ishu... Right? A uh, wife should be respectful to her husband. More than enough, more than typical. She should even be afraid of him. She should be doing all her actions based on how he wants. He should be like a king, like a tsar, doing whatever he wants. I'm sorry, means that she should be doing things the way he wants. And he should and she should be uh, staying far from things that he doesn't like. And this is the way Kushra And this will help them uh, be very successful and happy. Now, the is not um, suggesting that if somebody's bothering you or your husband's bothering you, that you shouldn't say anything. I, I don't see that anywhere. You know, if somebody's bothering you, let her speak up, as long as do it in a respectful way. But the fact that um, she's, quote-unquote, surrendering control and and doing things the way he wants, I mean, that's a rambam. That's a rambam. So if it helps you that uh, Mrs. Doyle uh, believes in that as well, go ahead. But take it to an extreme and tolerate abusive behaviors and enable things to just get worse, I mean, that's obviously not uh, helping anyone. So that's, that's something to think about. Now, there are definitely a lot of Makoiras in Chazal and in Rambam and, and everywhere that a husband has to be very careful how he treats his wife, very careful. So none of this has to do with you know, letting, letting himself be hurt. And that her husband should be Mathias, his wife. He should be asking her forgiveness. And there's a way to do these things. And there's a way to communicate. So I, I don't think it's, it's, it's a lopsided or, or controlling or you know, the way husband and wife are supposed to be behaving. But, but just the point. The idea of the surrendered wife, that a wife should surrender to a husband, I think that part is healthy. To know if you're doing it right, or if that's what you're doing, or what your goal and motive is, or or if you're doing it to an extreme and too much, I think that's something that needs to be thought about, and sometimes you'll need someone to help you with that. Let me just end off with this. You mentioned that your husband has a, a difficulty regulating his emotions, he's on medication. Personality disorder and, and 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 you know all kinds of emotional difficulties and mood disorders is it's it's a definitely a very big topic and something that has to be understood and definitely definitely touches upon every aspect of relationship with such a person. I'm not I'm not gonna make believe that it's not difficult or challenging in any way. But I have seen very many people that have been diagnosed with all kinds of personality disorder. And without making anyone feel blamed or, or responsible, um, but being especially respectful to someone like that, understanding how highly sensitive they may be, which is something I talk about in my book, and realizing that a lot of personality disorder and being under the influence of emotions is all about how such a person feels treated. Again, it doesn't mean that you're responsible or that you did something wrong necessarily, but very often, by having a certain amount of respect to such a person and doing it the right way where this person doesn't just feel like you're surrendering because you don't have a choice, but you're actually being respectful, making that person feel needed, making that person feel important okay, and respected. Um, That can very often help a lot of these emotional irregular uh, uh, patterns. Very often. I've I've seen very many people who came to me with situations where they were dealing with what seemed to be extreme personality disorder, mood disorder, something uncontrollable, intolerable, and just understanding the basic dynamic. And it wasn't necessarily even from a wife to a husband. It could be a husband to a wife as well. Knowing how to be very respectful, knowing how to really um, be extra sensitive to a person like that, and yet being firm with healthy boundaries and knowing... What, what unhealthy control and, 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 and you know, knowing how to, how to be yourself at the same time, that healthy balance could very often um, do a lot more than some medication. I'm not saying someone who was told to take medication or prescribed medication shouldn't take it, but very often I've seen that it's how you treat such a person that has a much bigger effect. Now, if you're trying and it's not working, either you need help or, or I'm wrong, or your situation's different. But it's definitely something to think about. A wife definitely has a lot... Um, a lot of strength and a lot of ability to really build a husband. And if a husband's struggling, and same way the other way around, but you, you see how a wife, you know, you look at Ruchel Aisha's right? She definitely fell in. She fell in, right? She fell in with But she believed in him and she made her feel good. And, and look what happened. Now, does everyone have that ability? Does everyone have the ability to be a Kiva? Does everyone have the ability to be Ruchel Aisha? I don't know. But there's definitely something about it. So, with Hashem's help, if you surrender correctly and you do it for the right reason, And you're extremely respectful of someone uh, without necessarily waiting for the magic to happen. But at the same time, you know how to assert yourself in a confident, a firm way without um, hurting anyone and keeping that balance consistently and not trying it and then falling back because it's not working and then trying it again and and hitting brick walls. And of course, if you need help, then you should always reach out to someone to help you. I have yourself, even very many difficult situations could be helped. And we could all live together.